Alright, AFC, what's up? How's everybody doing tonight? It's only been seven days. I know you can do better than that. Is everybody doing good tonight? Alright. For, uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt Schock, and I'm the campus minister here at UCC. And uh, if this is your first semester as a freshman on campus, or maybe this is just your first time trying AFC in a couple semesters here, uh, we want you to know how welcome you are tonight. Uh, let me tell you some things that have changed about Las Cruces in the past couple weeks since you've been back. One, driving down university is an absolute joke. Working out the AC, all of a sudden everybody's fit and everybody wants to work out, it's an absolute joke. And then lastly, and this is probably the one that affects me the most, is uh, waiting in line at Panda Express is an absolute joke. But it is worth it, and it's worth it because you're back. It's absolutely worth it because you're back. Um, if you've been here before, you've been so desperately missed. And freshmen, if this is your first night, you've been prayed for. You've been prayed for all summer long. And on a personal note, this is one of my favorite moments of the semester, semester in and semester out. And it's because on this Wednesday night, like the first Wednesday night of every semester, there's hundreds of you that come over from that campus when all the other things you could be doing, you could be at other events, you could be at games, you could be at, uh, you could be at the AC, whatever it is, and you decide to come here. And you're meeting a God that is so excited that you're here. And it's this, this beautiful moment where we meet in the middle. And I'm personally, I'm just super excited that you get to share in that with us tonight. If you found yourself in the room tonight, you found yourself in a campus organization that has great expectations for this year. We fully expect Wednesday nights to be powerful, powerful worship experiences. Another big thing that we believe in here at AFC is small groups. Uh, small group signups are in the back. We expect our small group formats to be uh, smaller, but intimate and open. Uh, uh, now, what you can expect from us as a group of people is you can expect that we're real people that are really gonna mess up sometimes. I'm just gonna put that out there honestly right now. You can expect that from myself. Uh, I just left bowl to go and they didn't put my lid on right. Believe me, I didn't sound like a campus minister when Powerade was spilled all over my shoes right before getting here tonight. We're, we're really messed up. But what I do know about people in this room also is that they sincerely and deeply love Jesus and they want you to have that same, that same experience. You can expect preaching from the Bible unashamedly. Unashamedly preaching from the Bible. What that means is we're going to challenge you. We want you to be encouraged when you leave here, but we also want to challenge you. Challenge your way of thinking versus the Bible because we believe that's the best way of thinking. And whether you grew up in the church or whether this is your first time in the church or maybe you're angry and have been burned by the church, uh, we want you to feel at home here. We believe this is a place for, uh, for church people and non-church people alike. What I expect from you or what I'd like to expect from you is a, is a word that has been really played out in my heart all summer long, and it's the word expectant, expectant. Uh, Charlton uh, Taylor is our, our preaching minister here at UCC. That's the church across the parking lot. And recently he preached at a conference in Lubbock, and it was this big, giant youth conference. And I, uh, and I asked him, I said, Charlton, I said, how did, uh, how did that conference go? How did, uh, how, did you, how did the message get received? And he said, well, it was a Christian conference uh, with people that drove all across the nation to come to it. And they came expecting something. So I could have read the newspaper and people's lives would have been changed that night. But the sermon was pretty good and it was well received. My point is this, the people who came to that conference came expectant of something to happen. So what I'd like to see at AFC is that you come expectant 
that this isn't some church event that you have to come to, or this is something that you have to cross off your daily list of things to do. I want you to come here and be encouraged and be changed. Lastly, uh, I expect this to be a fun and a relevant environment. And what's more relevant these days than social media? So on our next slide, we have all the different ways that you can stay in contact with Aggies for Christ. So if you'd like to, actually definitely get your smartphones out right now. Everybody get your smartphones out right now. Go to your favorite, go to your favorite app that you're not following AFC on and give us a follow. MySpace, <laughs> you don't have MySpace. And then, uh, and then in a moment, Tyranny's gonna come up. And Tyranny's handling our, uh, our marketing and our advertising and stuff like that. And if you go to the next slide, um, one of the big things we're pushing this year, can you fix that feedback? Can you turn off one of these mics or something? This is uh, the, the next slide, please. Aggies for Christ is gonna start using Snapchat a lot. Now, what I, my vision for Snapchat is this. You add us tonight, and if you don't come in a couple weeks, you read our snaps, you watch our snap story, and you, uh, and, and you see exactly what it is that you're missing out on. So here's what we're gonna do. At the end of every AFC, we do this thing where the person who gives announcements, they, they shout, they say, go fight, they say, go fight, win, okay? And then somebody, and then you guys yell it back. So what we're gonna do right now is you're gonna follow us on Snapchat, and you're gonna be on the first snap story, worst snap story of the semester, okay? So these two sections right here, when I point at you, you say go. This section right here, you say fight. This section right here, you say win. And when you get home tonight, you show your friends, all right? First Snapchat of the semester. On the point, okay? Go, fight, win. And that's that. Now you guys are on the first Snap story of the semester. All right, so uh, now you're following us on Snapchat. Now we're, uh, we have expected hearts for tonight. Um, but on a serious note, um, I want to share a little bit about my heart with you. Uh, my heart for this semester, my heart for while I'm in this job is, uh, to be honest with you, I never saw myself working in the church. I never saw myself working in the church growing up. It's not like a pastor's heart or a pastor's call that I had when I was eight years old. What happened is in college, he gripped my heart, and he never let it go. Uh, I am I am significantly not interested in playing church this semester. I could care less about the songs. I could care less about the cool t-shirts. It, it just doesn't do anything for me. What does do something for me is seeing lives changed. And that's what I want to see. I want to see people come in here and dedicate and rededicate their lives to Christ. I want to see people baptized. Right across the street over here in our other church, we have a baptistry. If, if, if you've never been baptized, if that's something God call, puts on your heart tonight, like let's walk across and go do that as a family. It's something that's significantly uh, important to us. We don't want to play church. And so the ser sermon series that we're going to walk into um, the first couple weeks of this semester is called Great Expectations. Great Expectations. Now what this is going to cover is going to cover three weeks. Tonight we're going to talk about you. Next week we're going to talk about your relationships, dating and non-dating. And then in the third week, we're going to talk about uh, expectations in regards to the church. Expectations in regards to the church. Um, if this is your first time trying Aggies for Christ, give us three weeks. Give us three weeks. If this is a place where you feel comfortable worshiping, if this is a place where um, you feel like the people were welcoming and inviting, just give us three weeks. And in that time, you'll hear a sermon series that I'll be, uh, I believe that will make you evaluate the expectations that you have for your life. So tonight, like I said, we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about your plans. But I also want to challenge you. 
uh, not only about the rest of your life, not only about the rest of the semester, but I need to challenge you about tonight. Because tonight, you have to walk out of this room, just like I do, just like everybody else in this room does, and we have to look in the mirror, we have to ask ourselves if the decisions we're making line up with the great expectations that God has for our life. So if you walked in this, uh, this evening and you got one of our sermon notes, um, we're, we're going get to get to those are at the bottom of your sheet there. Um, the first one we're going to look at right now is a, is a word called teos. Can I go to that slide? Teos is a Greek word, a really, a really powerful Greek word uh, th that translates to our goal or our meaning. Our goal or our meaning. Um, teos is found in the Bible, but more, uh, more often than not, it's used by, uh, by Aristotle. It's a powerful word that Aristotle used when he was trying to, um, trying to convince people of, um, of, of points that they had for their lives, aims and futures that they had for their lives. Now, our teos is something that we need to evaluate when we want to set the course for our personal lives. And so the way I like to do this when I'm with individuals, uh, like if we're sitting down at Starbucks or something, what I like to do to find out what people's teos is, is like to ask them, who is a spiritual giant in your life that is worthy of modeling? Who is a spiritual giant in your life that is worthy of modeling? And why I like doing this is because I get to hear these great, great stories. I get to hear about grandfathers um, who, uh, who love their families well. I get to hear about fathers who spiritually lead their families well. I get to hear about youth pastors and, and uh, neighbors and babysitters and coaches and all these spiritual giants and people that are worthy of modeling. So, I like hearing about spiritual giants in people's lives, all right? I like hearing about the grandfathers that led the families well. I like hearing about the basketball coach that changed your life. Now, there's one individual I took to coffee, and I said, well, who's somebody that you really model your life after? Who's somebody that you, uh, who you really look up to spiritually? And he didn't have one individual person. What he had was he had a group of, he had a list. He had a group of people. Uh, one of the persons that he did was his dad. He said, man, my dad's knowledge of scripture, it's, it's amazing. It's huge. I love it. I was like, okay, that's a, that's a good one. And he said, uh, he said, my grandfather loved my grandma so well. And I was like, oh, man, that's another, a, a great trait. And he said, and the last one I look up to is uh, probably Wiz Khalifa. And I was like, Wiz, Wiz Khalifa? He says, yeah, Wiz Khalifa and his individuality. Now, personally, I love that answer. I love that he said Wiz Khalifa's individuality. I think God made us all different. I think God made us all special and unique. And so I'm on board with uh, him saying Wiz Khalifa. Uh, now, if he would have said something like his, the ability to smoke weed out of gas masks and such, we would have had a different conversation. But the fact of the matter is the thing he looked up to was a good thing. So what we do is we build these models. We, build these, we take all these positive traits that we have, and we build an image of how we would like to see our life going, our teos, our goal, or our meaning. So the first point I want to make tonight to this is this, and it's on your sermon notes. Uh, this is point number one. It says, pick a good teos. Pick a good teos. Now, if I can make an assumption, a general assumption about the people in the room, it's this. You're generally good people. And I say that because you came to a church event. You came peaceably. Nobody here is trying to fight. Nobody's yelling obscenities at me for the mic not working. Every, you guys are generally good people. So I can assume that you're all going to pick a generally good teos. If I were to ask you, I'd probably get answers like, uh, yeah, when I grow up, I want to be, be a good father. I want to be a good, involved, and, uh, and faithful husband. Or I want to work in a career that helps me to give back. Uh, some of you in the room are Christians. Uh, a lot of you in the room are Christians, so I might get some very Christian answers. Like, I want to be a, I want to be a church leader. I want, to be a, I want to be a pastor. I want to be in the ministry. or uh, I, want to, I want to lead people to Christ. These are, these are great church 
uh, Christian answers, and, and I'm fine with that. It, most of the people in the room would have a positive tales and say, I, with the life that I'm given, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. Now, unfortunately, there's a problem with our age group. Now, I'm going to throw myself in there, too. I'm only 24, so I'm right at the upper level of this age group. There's a couple of you older, there's many of you younger, but I'm putting myself in there, too, before I say this. There's a problem with our age group. Our problem is, is we're just wise enough, we're just smart enough, we're just focused enough to pick these really good goals, these really good meanings for our life, all right? We, we can say, like, we can put this vision ahead of us is what we want. We can say, that's something I really want to pursue. But at the same point in time, and in the next moment, just like that, we can have these, these thoughts and these actions that are so stupid, so irrational, they don't add up to the teos that we had just set. Um, some people will even give you a pass. And some people give you a pass and they'll say, well, it, it's your college years. You're allowed to go crazy now, okay? Or some people will say, um, you know, like, you're not married yet. Sleep around, try all 31 flavors until you see which one you like yet. Uh, and, and, and then you'll, uh, and then when you get married, it can, it can change. If I can share a piece of knowledge with you that's happened to me since I've had my degree, uh, your habits that you're setting now, they don't change when you graduate. They don't change when you get a real job. Okay, there's no, there's no reset button on that. Uh, when you get married, this is advice that my married friends have given me. When you get married, putting that ring on isn't some magical way to stop lusting after all the women that you've been lusting after, or men. It's not some magical way to, to break a porn addiction. That's just simply not how it works. There's no reset button when you hit major life milestones. That's not how it works. So point number two tonight on your sermon notes is change your approach so that it matches, so that your strategy matches your teos. Change your approach so that strategy matches your teos. Last night I was thinking about this strategy. I was thinking about this, this idea and I, I was erasing notes and I was rewriting notes and I said, you know, what's the, what, what am I trying to say with this point? And then I, and I looked up in the mirror and I'm wearing this shirt that the Grove actually gave me because we were doing some cross promotional stuff. The shirt says, live the stories that you want to tell. Live the stories that you want to tell. If we're going to have these, if we're going to pick these good, godly final chapters for our life, then we should probably start writing write stories that, that play well to that ending. If we're going to pick a good final chapter and we have this beautiful goal that's set in front of us, we should probably start writing that story now. And whatever goal it is that you choose, whatever direction it is that you think God is taking your life, um, there's two characteristics that absolutely have to be in all of these teos, all of these goals, all of these meanings. Mark 12, 30 says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second command is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The first thing that's going to go in all of our stories is loving God. Not fearing God, not just fearing God, not just knowing God, not just believing God, but truly loving God. Secondly, loving your neighbor. You got to love people. You got to love people. These decisions that you make will tell you whether or not you truly love God. An example, uh, fast forward to, to uh, my future marriage, uh, if I have a future wife, and, um, and I tell her, I said, I, I would do anything for you. I would lay down my life sacrificially for you. 
And then every waking moment that I'm not with her, I'm, I'm, I'm cheating on her. I'm at the strip club, or I'm with, with other women. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't add up. My actions don't say that I love her. My words, sure, but my actions, I, I was just a walking Hallmark card. So a point that's on your sermon notes tonight is don't make yourself a liar. Don't make yourself a liar. Randy Harris is a professor at Abilene Christian University, and he's uh, kind of the one that gave out this whole idea about the teos and about the life, meaning, and whatnot. And uh, he w what he says about the subject is this. He says, I have more respect for the individuals who pick a rotten teos and then builds his life around it. At least that's honest. You know, at least that makes sense. We have a picture right here of, uh, of, Floyd, of Floyd Mayweather. Now, if you know Floyd Mayweather, he's probably one of the, he's going to go down as one of the best boxers in the history of time, all right? But beyond his boxing career, what Floyd Mayweather has set as his teos is the pursuit of money. Uh, his, uh, his little brand, his little company is called The Money Team, TMT, The Money Team. Uh, it's all he cares about, and he's doing a great job at pursuing that teos. Uh, mad respect to Floyd as far as that goes. Um, but nobody in this room would pick the rest of the story that Floyd has put together. Floyd is a serial um, batterer of women. Right now he has seven charges um, against five different women of domestic assault. That's why, Ronda, that's why Ronda Rousey wants to kick his butt right now. This, this man has not put together a, a, a teos that's, that's com complete, that's pure, that's worthy of being pursued. To a lot of people in this room, Randy, uh, Randy Harris would say you have two choices here. Either get honest about your teos or change your strategy. All of our goals for the future uh, start with decisions that we make tonight. Our strategy, our strategy must change because a change in strategy now is far less disappointing than realizing 5, 10, 15 years that the teos you had was just wishful thinking. Uh, for a reality that was never going to happen. Uh, kind of like this idea, like, please don't tell me you want a six-pack when your uh, three square meals a day are all at Whataburger. Like, I can't, I can't have that conversation with somebody. Or, or uh, please don't tell me you want to be a church leader one day or a church, a church elder or something like that. If there's a ministry right here and right now that you don't want to plug into, there's, there's things that don't line up. So what now? I've picked my tails. I've set my sights for a purpose and a meaning that I know God will be pleased with. What next? Point number three. When faced with a dilemma, which decision best lines up with the teos that you want to see? When faced with a dilemma, which decision best lines up with the teos you want to see? Um, and it starts tonight. It starts tonight. These decisions, they start tonight. This free college pass to do whatever we want for the next four years or two years or whatever it is you have left, that's being revoked. But not for something that's worse, for something that's far more excellent. Romans 12.2 reads like this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Perfect is a word that, apart from scripture, I, I find very few places it's acceptable to use it. Um, but here in this verse, what do we see? We see a promise that God says, if you will just line up your life with mine, if you'll just line up what you're doing in, in your life with what I want for you, uh, you will find a way that is good and acceptable 
and perfect. So if we go back to point number one, we're evaluating our teos. There is no argument that says a goal apart from God is worth pursuing. It won't be good, it won't be acceptable, and it surely won't be perfect. You see, all of us in this room tonight, we have a story to tell. And for most of you, the next chapter in that story is the fall 2015 semester. But the fact of the matter is no matter, no matter how big, no matter how eventful, no matter how stressful this semester is, in just a couple of years, maybe even less than that, this semester is going to be reduced to a few sentences when you talk about it. Maybe even less than that. It may seem like an insignificant period of your life, and you may have people telling you that now is not the time that, uh, now is not the time that you have to worry about that. But let me leave you with this. One day, and I don't know if it'll be in front of students at your high school, I don't know if it will be um, at a, a promotion ceremony or, or maybe on your deathbed, but one day you're going to want to tell the whole story. So start writing it, and start writing it well. When you're telling your story, take the cross. Take what Jesus did on it and put it smack in the middle of your story. If you currently have a story that doesn't have the cross at the center of it, we might need to reevaluate the story that we're writing. I have a, I have a cousin, um, she's 18. Her name is, her name is Lindsay. And at, at six years old, Lindsay was diagnosed with a disease called Rasmussen's. And it's a neurological disease that caused her to have hundreds and hundreds of seizures a day. Um, she lost her motor skills. They had to take out half of her brain, and, and now she's uh, constrained to a wheelchair. Well, she graduated um, a year, year and a half ago, and she told uh, her mom uh, months prior to the graduation that, that her goal was to walk across the stage of her graduation. So in May of that year, uh, Lindsay, with the help of a couple of her classmates, she peeled herself out of the wheelchair, and for the first time in months, she, uh, she walked across that stage. There wasn't, a dry, there wasn't a dry eye in the gym, the standing ovation that she got. It was this super courageous goal that she set in front of herself. When you're thinking of your story tonight, when you go home and you're, in and you're evaluating your teos, your meaning, your goal for your life, pick something courageous a party lifestyle, a bar lifestyle, like I get it, 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 it's fun for a while, but there's, there's no courage in that. Courage comes in putting that right at the smack center of your story. You'll find a way that is good, you'll find a way that is acceptable, and your life will find perfect meaning. During these last few songs, uh, myself and the interns will be in the back of the, will be in the back of the room, and if you need to pray, if you want to start rewriting your story, if it's time to put the, if it's time to put the cross back in the middle of it, um, let's do that. If you're, uh, if you're doing well <laughs> and, you, uh, and you just want to come and pray with somebody to celebrate that the cross is in your life, let's pray about that too. That's exciting stuff. If you have questions and you don't know who you're praying to or, or what you're doing here, um, talk. Let's go talk. We can pray about that as well. There was a story 2,000 years ago that happened on that cross, and it was bigger and better than anything we can imagine. 
So if you'll pray with me right now and we can thank God for that story. Dear Heavenly Father, we're, we're thankful for your, for your story. We're thankful that you use us in a, way that, in a way that we don't deserve. And God, tonight I pray for every individual in this room that they would go home and they would evaluate their tales, that they would evaluate their goal or their meaning for their lives. Um, God, I pray that they would put the cross at the center of it. When we realize what your son did for us on the cross, there's, there's really nothing else that matters. And I pray that we live um, lives here on this earth that are glorifying to you in that way. Lord, thank you for your son, for the sacrifice he made. In his name we pray. And everybody said, amen.